Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. How you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Salzberg, and I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. Baseball's postseason is upon us here and now. Will the Yankees be one and done, or will they advance to face their arch rivals, the Boston Red Sox? We'll talk all about it along with the rest of the postseason picture in baseball. And speaking of postseason pictures, unless things change rather quickly, there won't be any postseason coming up for either the Giants or the Jets. So stay right where you are, because like I said, you're really going to want to get a load of this. So here we are, folks. The baseball postseason. I, I don't know about you, but... It's always fun. It's always exciting, you know, especially when you have your local teams in it. Unfortunately, you're only going to have one local team in it. That, of course, being your New York Yankees, who won themselves 100 games this season, but not good enough to get into, uh, you know, lock up a spot in uh, the division series. They're a wild card team first. In fact, they're playing a wild card game. Uh, tonight as we speak. I say tonight because this podcast comes out on Wednesdays. But uh, listen, when you you talk about a season, you know, I I discussed it actually on Bernie and Sid earlier this morning. You know, will it be a disappointment uh, for the Yankees if they don't get in, uh, you, you know, if they don't advance past the wild card game? against the A's. Well, of course it's going to be a disappointment. But here's where we have to differentiate, folks, the difference between disappointment and failure. Okay? And that happens not just in this scenario. It happens all the time. I don't care what the predictions are. Yankees won 100 games. It would be tremendously disappointing if they don't get in. Uh, when I say don't get in, don't advance to f- face the Red Sox in the uh, division series. But you can't call it a failure. It, 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 you just can't. And if you want to call it a failure, then you're nuts. Both as an expert and as a fan. They won 100 games. And they had a lot of injuries. Now, the one thing that I said from the beginning of the season, I haven't changed my mind, 
because as of this podcast, as I'm talking right now, I still don't know who's going to be pitching for the Yankees tonight. But as I said from the beginning of the season, we knew that they had the power, and they certainly displayed that, breaking the record for home runs. But the starting pitching has been a question all season long. All season long. Got out of the gate kind of so. Now listen, uh, Luis Severino, you know, kid wins 19 games. You know, you can say, geez, Russ, what the hell are you complaining about? Well, and, and Luis has looked more like the Luis of old his last, you know, couple of outings during the regular season. But he looked like he was going to run away with the Cy Young the way he was going. And, you know, Tanaka has had his ups when he looked tremendous. And he's had his downs. And, you know, CeCe's, you know, the question mark. The guy who's been the most consistent, and as I say this, folks, I don't know if he's pitching because we're taping this on Monday. It's coming out to you on Wednesday. But to me, I got to go with uh, J.A. Happ. I mean, that would be the guy because since he became a Yankee, he's been the most reliable starting pitcher. So I would do that. That's what I would do. But again, my name is not Aaron Boone. So we'll see, uh, we'll see, you know, what happens. I also find it kind of funny, like, like people are sticking up for Boone. And, and rightfully so. You know, how, how do you criticize a guy whose team won 100 games? But all I'm going to say to Aaron Boone is, welcome to the club, Aaron, baby. Because Joe Girardi took his team to within one game of the World Series last year in a clearly transition year. And when they decided to part ways, the Yanks decided to part ways with uh, Joe. What was the conversation? And they put it out there. Eh, question about communicating uh, with younger players. There was no problem communicating with younger players last season. None whatsoever. But let's see if Aaron, uh, listen, I, I hope from my mouth, your mouth, to God's ears, Aaron can take his team to within one game of the World Series. But right now, the business at hand is beating the Oakland A's. And the Oakland A's are a very dangerous group. By the way, did you see that statistic? In fact, I got Crash sitting here. Crash, how about that statistic? Chris uh, Davis with 48 home runs. Get this, folks. They're big bomber, and he is a bomber. This was the fourth consecutive year, the fourth consecutive year that he hit 247. I mean, that is unbelievable. You know, I mean, he's, he's not an average guy, but 247, four years in a row. But I'll tell you what, if you can give me a guy hitting 40-plus bombs every year, I'll take the 247 and worry about it. I will take the 247 and worry about it. But but that's uh, uh, folks. Uh, uh, listen, the game's in the Bronx. I'm going to be at the game. I want the Yankees to win. But as far as I'm concerned, it's a coin flip. You know, home home 
Home field advantage in baseball is so different than all the other sports. I mean, of course you like to play at home, without question. And, you know, when the Bronx is rocking, the boogie down, well, it's an exciting place. But when you get pitching, there's something, it's the same thing in baseball. That's that's why you see more spoilers, like also Rands, at the end of a season playing spoilers in baseball than in any other sport for the simple reason, if you get a good pitching performance, it just evens everything out. Just evens everything out. So I, I don't really know what the Yankees are going to do. I, I, I don't know, and I don't even have a feeling for what they're going to do. Uh, I'm not putting any credence into, you know, the last season, the last um season-ending series against the Red Sox. And and I wouldn't put anything into that going into should they advance to face the Red Sox. I think the one thing that the Yankees did do, which I did like, they made sure to get themselves, even though I don't think it's the most crucial thing in the world, I think if they could have gone to Oakland, if the game, the wild card game was played in Oakland, I think they could have won it there, just like I think the A's can win it here. So it, it really becomes uh, a coin flip. Uh, and I'll tell you something else. This Miguel Andujar, oh, my goodness. You, you think about it. You know, they lost a lot of guys this season. You, you, you know, they lost Judge. They lost, uh, there was Bird out, Judge, Bird, Sanchez. This kid, Andujar, I mean, wow. 297. 27 homers, 92 RBIs, and he broke the Yankees' all-time record for rookies. Oh, that held by one Jolton Joe DiMaggio, 47. Wow. I mean, that's really, really impressive. And, you know, you got another rookie who was hurt a bit, Gleba Torres, 277, 24 bombs, you know, uh, I think 77 RBIs, whatever the hell it was, uh, something like that. I, I mean, you, you're talking about the future looks very, very bright for the Yankees. And Met fans, you can drool over that, but that's the truth. It, it looks very, very bright. Um, ha- having said that, it's still going to come down, I believe, in pitching. That's why, as great as the Red Sox season that they have had, as as great as the season is that they have had, I still think to win the American League pennant, you got to go through the Houston Astros. I, I just think they're pitching, and, you know, they went through their stuff with injuries too. You know, uh, Altuve, and he's healthy again, and, you know, some of the guys are coming around. I, I think I think their situation is, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, no one's a lock. I just still think it goes through the Astros. Now, in the National League, oh, my goodness, I don't know what the hell to think. All I know is this. If, you're, uh, if you are a baseball fan, you got to love the way the season ended. you got to love the way the season ended. Now, again, folks, we're gonna, you're going to know the results by the time you hear this, but think about the way the season ended. You had not one, but two tiebreakers. 
Not one, but two tiebreakers. You know, the Cubs and and um, Brewers, they're having to play not just to see, you know, who wins that division, but who becomes a top seed and has overall home field advantage. And then the loser has to play a wild card game the very next day. It's all, it's so exciting. I, I think it's it's just tremendous. And not only what this tiebreaker does, these tiebreaker games, but it puts something else out there. It puts something else out there. I mean, you have uh, Kristen Yelich. The guy's batting 323, okay? He's batting 323. Uh, so his batting title is locked up, but he has, as far as RBIs go, uh, what does he have here? Where am I? Yeah. His RBIs, he has 109. Baez and Javi Baez, what's he have? 111 for the Cubs and Nolan Arenado has 109 also for the Rockies. The Rockies are playing. So so the, the Cubs are playing. And Yelich is going against the Cubs. I mean, so he has a chance. I mean, think about it. He has a chance to win the RBI title. That's what these tiebreaker games do. Also, Yelich has 36 home runs. Arenado has 37 home runs. He's got a chance. He's got a chance because of today's tiebreakers to win the National League home, uh, triple crown. And it's amazing. It really, really is. It, it, it's very exciting. I, I, I think that's fun. I'll tell you what's also exciting. And you, know, I've I've always considered myself a baseball purist. I like the old fashioned way. I quite frankly, I don't like the designated hitter. I know it's never going away. I like the National League style of play. I like when managers have to make decisions and double switch and should I keep my pitcher in and do you know do I move runners over? I like that. That said, I I, I think this nonsense is. Uh, for lack of a better term, bullshit. I, I think everybody's got to be on the same page. You know, you know, th- this business when we get to the World Series that, well, in the National League Park, we have a DH. Uh, National League Park, we don't have a DH. In the American League Park, we do. I think it's stupid. I think both leagues have to be uniform. You play one, either you play with a DH or you don't play with a DH. And since the players' union is never going to allow to get rid of the DH because that will cost people jobs let's get with it okay but the reason i say i I consider myself a purist but i still hear these people who don't like quote unquote a wild card or the wild card situation first they didn't like the wild card now they don't like the wild card because it's a one game scenario and it's not fair for example like a team like the yankees because they won 100 games well you know what next year the yankees might get in without winning 100 games Maybe it's 90 games. I mean, that that's stuff happens. Things change every year. But when I started watching baseball, 
I'm going to date myself. But when I started, started watching baseball, there was a grand total of 16 teams in the major leagues. There were eight teams in each league. There is now 15 in each league, 30 teams. If you didn't have a wild card, you know how boring the postseason, the, the second half of the season would be for so many people? If you did not have a, a, a wild card? Come on. And the fact that it's one game makes it exciting. I mean, it, there's a premium on playing your ass off. And playing to the end of the season. Playing for something. I think it's very, very important. Somebody asked me today, well, Russ, do you think it takes... Oh, I think maybe it was you, Crash. Yeah. Was it you? Yeah. I, 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 does it take away the excitement because the losers of today's games, um, you know, Cubs, uh, Cubs, Brewers, Rockies, Dodgers, the losers still get in? I don't think it takes it away. Because think about it. They got to go right back out the next day and go nose to nose in a wild card game. So there's no rest for the weary. I I just I love the situation. I I think this going into this postseason is very 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 exciting. To have so many teams involved and plus they're giving you two tiebreakers today. My goodness. I, I really, really think it works big time. I think it works big time. A uh, few other notes here. David Wright. You know, you don't have to be a Mets fan, folks. When you watch a guy, you know, play his entire career, especially in today's era of sports, Guys don't stay with one team. They just don't. He did. Unfortunately, his some good years were still taken away from him. Granted, they were still in his latter years, but they were taken away from him because of injury. Now, he's not the first guy to go through that, and he's not the last. He won't be the last guy. But the way everybody showed up Saturday night at City Field was pretty darn cool. If, if cool would be the appropriate word. Fans were rocking. They paid homage to a guy who was a great, uh, he was a great Met. Not only was he great Met, he was a great guy. And he, he always knew how to handle himself. And he thanked the fans. And that's that's the kind of guy that he is. It, it, but there was something that struck me. You know, you heard these comments, and you know, he was in the booth talking with uh, Keith and Gary. He was talking in the radio booth with Howie Rose. But you know what I thought was really cool? In, as part of the pregame, he had, he's got two little girls, and one threw out the, the first pitch to him, the ceremonial pitch. And as I looked at him, and I looked at his daughter and, you know, looking at his wife and and family and everything. It said to me that David Wright's going into a good place. I mean, you know, everybody got a little teary-eyed. You couldn't help it, you know, watching it. But 
Wright's going into a good place. He, he, he's, he's ready to be a daddy. I, I mean, he looks very pleased. I mean, the joy that he had in his face, you know, when his daughter was thrown to him, I thought, I thought it was wonderful. I mean, I don't know if if every if it grabbed everybody the way it grabbed me. Maybe because I ha- have two little girls who are now mommies of their own. Uh, but just the look on his face, I said, you know what? Yeah, it sucked the way he, his career was taken away. But and, and David writes a guy always smart enough to know life's been good to me. <laughs> You know, he's made a lot of money, a boatload. So life's been good to David Wright, and now he walks away and goes to his little girls and his wife. Good for him, you know, and good for us. Uh, when I say us, all of us in this city, Mets fans in particular, but Mets fans, Yankee fans, everybody, all, all kinds of fans. That's the way you conduct yourself as a pro. So good for him. And just a word on the team he's leaving the Mets. You know, I was talking about it with uh, Crash here. You know, Mets fans don't like wait till next year. No, Nobody likes wait till next year. But the Mets ended up what looked like what started out great. I think it was 11-1 and one, and then went into the, not the tank, but the sinkhole. <laughs> it looked like, you know just awful but they've really finished strong and when everybody was belly aching and breaking balls about you know get rid of this pitcher or get rid of that pitcher you know to try and 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 get bodies and rebuild you rebuild with arms arms is what the arms are the thing they they are the limbs that do the trick for you and looking towards next year, if you're a Mets fan, you've got DeGrom, who, if DeGrom doesn't win the Cy Young, there ought to be a federal investigation. But DeGrom, and, and as great as Syndergaard, I mean, he throws a complete game shutout in the last game of the season, he's 13-4. and four. To me, I got to tell you, in my mind, the number two guy on the staff is Zach Wheeler. And that's not a smack at Noah Syndergaard. But what happened to Wheeler over the last two years when when he was injured and what, he got his health back and he learned how to pitch. And I think Noah Syndergaard Syndergaard is still learning how to pitch. What I mean by learning how to pitch is just that. DeGrom and Wheeler pitch. They don't throw. They pitch. Yesterday, or in his final game of the season, Syndergaard pitched when he doesn't get caught up in throwing the heat that's why these guys have bad arms i mean you know i gotta hear about it's like on every pitch 98 99 oh did he get the century mark oh it's like you know this the dumbest stat in all of sports and i mentioned this here once before the dumbest stat in all of sports the exit velocity pretty soon they're gonna have a guy farted. What's the exit velocity? I mean, it's stupid. But everybody's caught up in the in the speed and speed. Know how to pitch. 
All right, folks, we're just going to take care of a little business here and then get back to our business. But this is important. Sports fans, listen up. Football season is here, and it is time to get in on the action with MyBookie.net. MyBookie.net is the industry-leading sports action website offering real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. That's right. You can take a side, the total, or you can even bet on the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score. MyBookie.net lets you play online and win big. Use promo code LOAD100 when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. Did the game already kick off? Forget about it. No reason to sweat it. MyBookie.net has in-game live action on every major league event, even eSports. There is no better time to join MyBookie.net than today. Go to MyBookie.net to open an account and start winning. Use promo code LOAD100 when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. That's 100%. Get in on the action. Visit MyBookie.net's Website today and use promo code LOAD100 to get a 100% sign-up bonus. MyBookie.net, promo code LOAD100 for a 100% bonus. No deposit necessary. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. And now let's get back to our action. Arguably the greatest lefty of all time considered one of the greatest pitchers of all time, even though it wasn't for years and years, is Sandy Koufax. Sandy Koufax didn't become great until he harnessed his speed. Then he coupled that speed with an off-the-table curveball that you couldn't deal with. That's what I'm talking about. It's just now. I'm not saying these guys got to learn to be Sandy Koufax, because those come along once, and not once in a lifetime, maybe five lifetimes. But my, my, the point I'm making is, you got to know how to pitch. It can't just be this like physical. I'm going to do this. I'm going to blow you away. You can't do that. You can't live that way. You, you, you're living too dangerously. So to me. Um, that bodes well. And, and the other thing for the Mets, like I was saying, people don't like, you know, to wait. I'll wait till next year. Well, you think about it, folks, the drought hasn't been this long, long d- drought. It's, it's this year and last year. And you can, and I believe me, I'm not apologizing for the Mets because I was as frustrated as anybody else, but for crying out loud, they were ripped apart by injuries. Ripped apart. It happened to their pitchers. It happened to their players. Where's Jonas Cespedes? We, they don't. Mets don't even know if they get him back next year. It was nice of him to show up, though, to say goodbye to David Wright. No, but really. So uh, I don't know that it bodes. Uh, you know, I, I think Met fans have what to be optimistic about. I mean, it sucks sitting home now watching. You know, everybody else or a lot of other teams in a postseason and, and you're at home watching. But, you know, that's the way the old ball bounces. No pun intended. And uh, speaking of balls bouncing or not bouncing the right way, they are not bouncing the right way. Certainly they did not bounce the right way for either the Giants or the Jets this past weekend. I mean, that that situation just sucked. 
You know, I, 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 you know, Todd Bowles said following, you know, the game with the Jaguars, uh, thought today we took a step backwards. Well, that's pretty well much hitting the nail on the head. And um, I was at the Giants game. So I, I was there for that. And coming off the week before against a fine performance down in Houston, when Eli Manning had his 25 for 29 uh, performance with a 297 yards and two touchdowns, Eli and the Giants took a step backwards yesterday. As Sherman said, we got to make more plays. Got to be better. I mean, he's right. Got to be better. I mean, I watched that, you know, the New Orleans Saints came into town with a guy by the name of Drew Brees. The all-time complete the all-time completions leader in National Football League history. All-time. So stopping him is not an easy task. The Giants though you know they you know and i felt what they needed to do was a ball control type of situation long drives the best way to defend a great quarterback is keep him off the damn field and giants start out in their first possession a very methodical business like let's move downfield not long big game breaking plays eli moved them methodically downfield Score a touchdown. Great. Not only did they score a touchdown, but in that first half, even though they went in at intermission, I like to say, even though they went in at halftime with a, um, you know, suffering from a uh, 12-7 deficit, they held a gunslinger like Drew Brees and the Saints Four red zone possessions, four field goals. Four red zone possessions, four field goals. As a defense was playing their ass off. I just don't know what's happened to the offense. It's it's become, and I'm there every day. And these guys don't walk around, I'm telling you, folks. The Giants don't walk around as if they take things for granted of, well, we're, we're this, we're that. They work hard. And they walk around with their heads on straight and with the right attitude. But I don't know what the hell is happening. This dink and dunk offense. You have, I mean, Odell Beckham Jr., Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard. Eli, a lot of people would like to have that grouping right there. It's a dynamic grouping. It's been dink and dunk. Now, Saquon Barkley had 10 rushes, which is not good enough. He also had six catches. I I want him touching a ball more than 16 times. I want him touching the ball more than 16 times. I mean, 
listen, I understand everybody's worried about questioning about Odell. There's nothing wrong with Odell. And, you know, part of the situation with Odell is, and that's part of why you pay him that money. It's not just when you say just to get into the end zone. He commands, he demands double coverage. But that's supposed to open up the situation for other people. I mean, you know, Giants can't score 30 points in a game. It's like, what are we talking about here? You know, it's got to, it's just, it's got to get better. And, and you know what? I was talking to Crasher. Think about it. Everybody was breaking balls. Let's get Eric Flowers out. Let's get Eric Flowers out. Well, okay. And I, I got it. I understood it and I agreed with it. Well, and uh, they got Eric Flowers out. Just so happened they won last week's game in Houston. You know, last week or the week before, whatever you want to call it. Eric Flowers did not play. Against the New Orleans Saints. Offensive line, offensive line was still having problems. So whose fault is that? Can't blame it on Eric Flowers. Can't blame it on Eric Flowers. Now, to Coach Pat Shermer's credit, he refused to even get into it, he would not blame anything on the officiating. And rightfully so. But, because no coach wants to do that. But I got to tell you something. There was a horse collar call on Jack Rabbit, Janoris Jenkins, a horse collar call, a penalty, that was horse shit. I mean, it, to me, it was one of the worst calls I have seen in a long, long time. Now, you can give me this nonsense, and then, then they can go to their record books and their rule books and bring out the uh, definition. Listen, he tackled the guy around his shoulders. If you're calling horse, it, it was an awful, awful call. It screwed the Giants. Now, again, they lost the game. It was just a terrible, terrible, terrible call. Awful. I mean, I mean I'm telling you, there was not a person in that press box, either from New York I, I, I either from from New York or your visiting team, the Saints. Nobody could understand that call. Nobody could understand that call. And then you know, to make matters worse, I don't, it wasn't on that call, but Giants uh, linebacker Alec Ogletree, I because he was talking to one of the officials, and one of the officials said he was talking about a call or certain calls. And, and the official had referenced the play and something that that wouldn't be called in a Super Bowl. We wouldn't call it that way in a Super Bowl. Well, is it football or in the Super Bowl? Are you playing touch football? It's got to be the same way. And for an official, if an official said that, that official ought to be fine because that's just stupidity, just stupidity. But as much as I'm, you know, uh, like, again, I'll give the Giants defense kudos because, hey, 
they played their asses off. They really did. But in the post game, Coach Pat Shermer said, you know, got to make more plays, got to make more plays. And this was a classic example. As miserable as the day was, as miserable as it was, here were the Giants. They score a touchdown with like 343, whatever the hell it was to go. They score a touchdown. And the two-point conversion to pull themselves within eight. And the fans look up on the clock and you see, the, you know, on the big, big screen. Well, they're getting excited because, okay, can they get the ball back? Giants don't, because they had three timeouts left, plus the two-minute warning coming up. There was 3.43 left in the game. Giants kick off. The punt, the, the, punt, the kickoff gets muffed at, like, the one-yard line. So now, with 3.40 to go, first and 10, the Saints have the ball at their own three. That was the pop without question the bet the only scenario that would have been better was if had they fumbled the ball and the Giants recovered. Or the Giants recovered an onside kick. And did, you know, with three timeouts left and and what, uh plus the two minute warning, that was the right thing to do. So okay. So you now you have you say to yourself, wait, wait a minute here. We just scored a two-point conversion. You want to know what? If we hold them, we're getting the ball back, worst-case scenario, at midfield. This game ain't over yet. What happens on the very first play? Let's see. It was first and 10. The very first play. He completes a 21-yard pass. <laughs> Drew Brees. I mean, you, you want to take, cut out your gizzards and take your insides out? Okay, that happens. Giants toughen up again. Giants toughen up again. You know, to, to their credit, that you, it's killing me that they allowed that play to happen, but it happened. So now... It was on third and eight from their 26, I believe, the Saints. Incomplete pass. They called Dante Dion for pass interference, which, as I called the horse collar call, I will call this call horse shit. But you know something? When you're not helping yourself... Why do you expect others to help you? It's just going against you. I mean, and, and, you know, it's like Murphy's Law, what can go wrong will go wrong. Well, they, the Giants are now in a one and three hole. They got to get themselves out of the damn hole. And nobody is picking them up to get them out. No one's picking them up to get them out. Think about it. And, and you know anybody will will always tell you that in sports that's the way it is. You got yourself into this mess, get yourself the hell out of it. They got a good defense, and you can't tell me that the offensive talent is not there. I mean, people would drool to have those players. 
I don't know if it's all the offensive line. I don't know if maybe coaching staff. Listen, when when people want, they want more of an explanation from Shermer. And at that point, for that matter, with Bowles too with the Jets, they're not getting that because, listen, if if the coach, coaches think that a player is playing like shit, they're not going to tell that. They're not going to throw the players under buses. It doesn't work that way. It might be sexier for you and me to hear because we can have fun with it, but it doesn't work that way. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know if uh, if Coach Shermer lacks confidence in, in is it the offensive line. And listen, we saw Eli Manning the week before again, the, in Houston go, uh, what was it, 12 or 14, I think in the first half or something like that. And uh, 25 for 29 overall, 297, two touchdowns. He was also facing a guy by the name of J.J. Watt, who happened to have three sacks. So Eli can still do it. Just, you know, they're in a one and three hole. The, the, the NFC East is difficult. And, you know, right now, as Yogi would say, it gets late awful early. You know, so it's up to them to really fix themselves. They got to get, they got into the mess. They got, they have to get themselves out of it. As as far as the stuff with the Jets, you know, it, what was it, folks? After game one, oh, they already had, they already had Don Old in Canton. He was already in the Hall of Fame. You know, every time I see this stuff, I laugh because I always think of our old buddy Bill Parcells. Let's not put him in Canton just yet. He'd say that with every rookie when a great young guy would come along. I have no doubt that Donald is the real deal. But they won the first week, the Giants lost, and, and then especially after the second week, it was the most terrible decision it was the most terrible decision that the Giants made, not drafting Donald and taking Saquon Barkley because that's your future, blah, blah, blah. Then last week, you know, after that Houston game, then everybody in the media, would, I mean, some of these people, the same people who were criticizing Eli was so far up his ass you could barely see the bottom of their shoes. But after after losing... To the Saints now, here we go again. I mean, I tell you, it's like a toilet seat in a co-ed dormitory. It just goes up and down, up and down. It's it, it, really. I'm sorry. Um, they all need to play better, including Eli Manning. They all need to play better. But if you're asking me if Eli's done, no way. And you know what? I'm not the coach, and I'm not the personnel guy. The Giants made that decision. And believe me, Gettleman and Shermer came in. They could have gotten rid of... There was nobody telling them to keep Eli. Nobody.
And Shermer is known, I mean, his expertise in the NFL, anybody involved in football will tell you he's an expert working with quarterbacks. He wanted them. But in the world that we live in, it's what have you done for me today? And if you didn't give it to me today, then you suck. Tomorrow, when you do good, then you're going to be great again. But until that, you're going to. So now Eli is going to have to be told he sucks for the next week. The thing is, their schedule is a killer schedule. Whew. I mean, it, there, there's not, not one game where, where you say, okay, they got that. Okay, they got that. And getting back to the Jets and, and, and you know, Donald, folks, you better have some patience. He's a rookie quarterback. And he's he's not surrounded with a bunch of offensive talent. Okay? And that defense, boy, they give up like 500 yards. But, you know, bad game. And Jaguars are a very good team. But you can't go nuts. If you go nuts... Well, then you are going to go nuts. You're going to drive yourselves crazy. Again, the, f- the coaches like to defy the, to um, look at their season, uh, ascertain the situation after quarters. The first first four games, second four games, third four games, final four games. For Shermer and Bowles, I'd say the first quarter sucks. Both one and three. Um, each one had a good game and three bad ones. That's what's disheartening. You know, if you play a really good game and, and you, you do, I don't want to say try your best because that, that's not, I don't like when people do that. They, they're trying. But when you have a really good game and you just get beat, we just get beat. But they haven't had really good games except one. And even the one, to his credit, after the game that they won against um, the Texans, to his credit, you know, Shermer said, hey, best time to work on things uh, and point out mistakes is after a win. You know, people have got a good attitude. They won a game. Well... I don't know what they worked on the past week, but yesterday was not good. Yesterday was a step backwards uh, or against the, you know, it's yesterday, two days ago, three days ago, whenever you're listening to this. It was it was a step backwards, and now they have to regroup and start moving forwards. Really, that is all there is to it. Otherwise, things are going to get awfully, awfully bleak for the big blue. Boy, Say that, that bleak, bleak, blue, 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 let's forget it. You don't, you don't want to talk about bleakness for the big blue. How about that? We'll say it that way. Anyway, having said it that way, that becomes a wrap on today, folks. I want to thank all of yous for getting a load of this. And now I'd like yous to get, uh, I'd like me to get a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on this podcast. You can reach me always. On Twitter, at Russ Salzberg. On Facebook, you can also check out my uh, website. Easy enough, russsalzberg.com. I thank today to Crash here, a.k.a. Mike Caragliano. At the controls, to Tim 
Ionkel, our producer. 77 WABC program director Craig Schwab. 77 WABC assistant program director Matt Dahl. And most of all, thanks to you's people out there. Because without you's people, I'd have nobody here to talk to. So until next week, I say to all of you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.